Thanks for listening to Beyond the Summit, a podcast by Keen Church. This year, we've been working through a sermon series on prayer called As It Is, and it's been doing wonders for our community. One of our goals is to move beyond the sermon and the preaching and dive into deep conversations about faith and practice. In this episode, I sat down with three nursing students from Southwestern Adventist University. My name is Princess Music. I'm a senior nursing student at Southwestern Adventist University, and uh, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, my name is Samantha Bagby. I'm also a senior here at a Southwestern Adventist uh, nursing program. I did grow up in a Christian church. Hello, my name is Alexandra Munoz, another senior nursing student. Surprise, surprise. And I also grew in a Catholic religion. I had the privilege of having Princess Sam and Alex in class last semester, and I always appreciated our dialogues in class. It was part of the reason why I wanted to bring them on the podcast. And in our conversation, we explored how our different faith backgrounds have influenced how we see prayer and how we see God. This conversation was so nourishing, and it was so insightful to see the different perspectives that we all, in a way, had in common can't wait for you to hear this episode. So without further ado, let's go beyond the summit. We have a very interesting dynamic uh, because this is a podcast produced by a Seventh-day Adventist church, but we have a variety of faith backgrounds in the room and on the mics, and I'm excited to uh, explore a little bit what the different perspectives of prayer that each of you have, how your faith background has played a role in that, and um, what your experience has been coming to a Seventh-day Adventist university. I think that's kind of an interesting tangent. So um, I'll just, I'll put it out there. What has been your experience with prayer? Whoever wants to start, what's been, what, what is prayer and what has your experience been with prayer? I can go first. You guys are looking at me. <laughs> um, so growing up Seventh-day Adventist, of course, you know, prayer is um, before meals, before bed, when you wake up, you know, as you get in the car. Um, and I think over time for me, that has turned into more of a um, more of a communication with God personally and not so much like, oh, I'm going to pray for my food. We always, it's funny, my family, we have a um, like an unspoken, this is what you say before you pray. And it's the same, it's the same phrase, you know, bless this food. Amen. Hmm. Um, but over time, and I think as I've developed and grown in life and gone through some hardships that prayers become more of like a, a personal, um, communication with God and not so much, um, Hey, this is what I need. Thanks for my food. Keep us safe as we drive. Amen. <laughs> so that's kind of how it's, um, evolved for me. Awesome. Yeah. Mine's very similar. Um, you know, I was always taught that every prayer that you pray should kind of follow the Lord's prayer, not exactly like saying those words, but it's you give him praise, you give him thanks, you ask him for something, and then you end. Um, it's almost like more of a show than an actual conversation. Mm. And so, yeah, like how she was saying it, it's like, you know, you do it before you eat, you can't take a bite <laughs> before you <laughs> yep. thank God for the food you're about to eat. Yeah. Um, uh, before you start any family gathering, mm -hmm. you know, we would pray before we would even converse with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's kind of turned more into like a conversation between me and God mm -hmm. where it's not like I'm writing a speech every day mm -hmm. praying to him. It's mm -hmm. it's I get to 
ask him questions and hopefully he responds. Sometimes he doesn't, but hopefully he does. And um, I get to bring him my concerns. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Alex, what about you? That's very interesting. I feel like my experience with prayer is so different from what you guys say. Like growing up, we had to go to church school and they would teach us all the prayers. Like our father, Holy Mary, had to pray a rosary in that. So whenever me and my family would pray, it wasn't like, oh, a conversation with God. That wasn't really encouraged. Mm. It was more like, we're going to pray a Our Father and a Rosary and Ave Maria, more for like salvation Mm. and healing. And especially when people would pass away, we have this whole tradition that's called a Novenario in Spanish. Mm -hmm. We would pray for nine days uh, for that person's salvation. And I feel like for prayer, it's more revolved around that. Hmm. healing our salvation not more of a communication with god so yeah okay is that is that still true for you today is that morphed at all or is that still the 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 i think basic premise before coming to swahu hmm. it was like that okay. but being like taking your religion class mm-hmm. and taking the religion class with rest rest um it really changed that for me because it's like yeah to catholics that's what we're supposed to pray about But I really like how you guys are like, you know, incorporate that communication with God Mm -hmm. because it makes it more intimate, more one-on-one with me and him. Yeah. So it has changed for me and I'm very grateful for that. That's cool. That's cool. So I want to dive a little bit more um, into your Catholic background for prayer and then tie it in one way. For somebody who's listening that maybe doesn't know what an Our Father is or an Holy Mary, like what, what do those prayers sound like or look like? Um, well, I can actually say an Our Father and yeah. you can um, talk about it. Yeah. So it goes, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. So I feel like the Our Father kind of tells a story of how our relationship is with God and how, like, what we're supposed to follow. Like, thank you for our daily bread. Um, Leave us free from sin. So that's kind of what it incorporates. We're praying to God. And then, like, in Ave Maria, we're praying to a Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And I know within the Catholic religion, we involve her in a lot of our prayers. Mm -hmm. We pray to her because she's supposed to, like send that prayer to God mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I very much appreciate from the Catholic tradition, um, in some ways, the liturgy of prayer, um, is I think it's not as much taught in maybe a Seventh-day Adventist background or Christian background. Um, and y'all feel free to pipe in, of uh, in, in my experience in, in prayer, just over the past couple months, as we've been going through a sermon series on prayer with our congregation, um, in a way, uh, the sermon series as a whole was taking the Our Father line by line and diving into what each line means. Oh, wow. And the Our Father is pulled from Matthew chapter six from scripture. And so there's some commonalities that we share with our faith background. Uh, and it's just been so intriguing to, to dive into that. And I don't know 
unless unless somebody's had experience with multiple faith traditions or is Catholic themselves or has friends that are Catholic, how much commonality there is between that prayer that's known in the Catholic faith as an Our Father. Yeah, we call it the from, Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, which uh, is what I was mentioning earlier is, you know, even though we don't say the Lord's Prayer exactly word for word every single time, I like how you were saying, like it shares that story. That's how we were told and taught to kind of structure our prayers. You know, even though we're not saying thank you for our, you know, daily bread, it's we give him thanks, we give him praise, and then we, you know, go along the line. So it's the same themes for each mm-hmm. sentence, if that makes sense, even if it's not the same exact wording. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that's why I was wondering, I was like, is that, whenever you said our father, I was like, oh, is that the Lord's prayer? I was trying to figure <laughs> yeah, that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's really cool. That's thank cool. you. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick on you one more time, Alex, and then I'll, I'll pick on some others in the room. Um, how do you feel that um, praying in that way has shaped you into the person that you are today with that? I'll use the term uh, kind of more liturgical uh, look at prayer. That's very, these are the prayers that we pray. And when we pray them, um, how do you feel that that's formed you into the person you are today? Well, like growing up with those prayers, I think like we have a tradition in my house where every single night we pray our rosary, which incorporates those prayers. So growing up with that, I feel like I have to do it every night. Mm. And, um, you know, just following what the prayer says definitely has shaped my life and how I see things and how my, how strong my faith is with God. Hmm. I love that. I love that. What about for the other side of the room? How do you feel that your praying background has shaped you into the person you are today? I mean, I, it definitely created that habit, um, which is good because then it, it keeps it in the back of my mind, if that makes sense. Like, you know, before I eat, before I go to bed, it's like, oh, I feel like I'm forgetting something until I pray. Um, but then it's also kind of funny because, you know, as a six-year-old kid, I remember falling asleep to my dad's like 10-minute prayers every single night because he would just, <laughs> like, like I said, it was more of like a show almost for the mm. church that I grew up in versus mm. that actual conversation. So that's not how I received it when I was a child. Um, but it definitely has, like I said, created that kind of habit where it makes me feel like I'm, I'm missing something almost if I don't talk to him. Mm. Yeah, it's become important. Right. Mm-hmm. So I will say that having that structure is good, um, but I wish growing up that I would have been taught that prayer is a conversation. And um, I've had to learn that over the years. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I've learned it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wish growing up I would have been able to sit down, you know, with family, with myself and, you know, had a conversation with God and talk to him like he's real. Because mm. I feel like, you know, having the structure that I had, it was very much like a a transaction or like, a hey, I just have to cover my, my bases because, you know, I have to do this. Yeah. But it, it wasn't something that I really even thought twice about. It was like, oh, I got to do this. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no relationship Um in it or behind it. Mm, mm. So question for the room, what was the catalyst for you? Cause I'm kind of hearing from everybody of like, yeah, conversation, conversation is the, is the thing in prayer. What was the catalyst for you that tipped you over the edge of like, yeah, prayer is about conversation. It's about relating to a person. I can't remember. I, I know I've read multiple verses in the Bible and I know that Paul talks about it a lot too. Um, but I think the biggest thing that probably started that thought process in my head where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this right. Like, this isn't just mm. me <clears throat> saying a speech. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Um, it's not just me saying a speech, it's the conversation. But whenever I used to kind of make fun of my dad for always saying our father, but he really is our father. And mm-hmm. so once I made that connection to where mm-hmm. like he he is my heavenly dad, mm-hmm. uh, once I made that connection, then I think that that relationship, like Princess was saying, kind of started, you know, that separation wasn't there anymore. It was like I was able to just talk to him. For me, it was kind of like growing up as a kid, like I mentioned, we were taught those prayers and it kind of got, not going to lie, boring as a kid. Mm. And it's like, like I said, it wasn't until I came to Swahu where I heard that it's okay, like you, you talking to God, it can be a form of prayer. I feel like that really was my my point where I was like, okay, like I don't have to follow these prayers that I grew up with because it kind of feels like rules that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. But having that conversation with God, it feels more realistic, more simple. And I feel like he hears me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to always apply what I was grown up mm-hmm. taught. So mm-hmm. I think that's really nice. It's cool. So I don't think I initially started praying the way that I pray until I really hit um, uh, like a really hard time in my life. Mm. Um, And I think that was after high school, after, you know, my early 20s and, you know, I lived in the world and experienced life and came back. And um, when I went through hard times, it, um, you know, praying the structured prayers don't always work. Mm. Um, you know, you can't just say, Hey God, thanks for this food. It's like, no, I need to talk. I need to tell you more. Like this is what's <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah, this like, is be my best friend. Yeah. Like I'm having a hard time with this. I need yeah. help with this. And it's more, it opened that door to like, okay, I can, I can talk to God more than just, Hey, thanks for this food. Help me drive safe. You know, it, it mm. opened that door to, um, a more meaningful communication with him. Mm. Mm. So it, it, it sounds like, the shift was more understanding God as a personal God, that there is a divine being in the universe who has your best interest at mind and desires to be in a relationship with you. Absolutely. That's why I love reading Paul and David's prayers, especially because Mm -hmm. they, they both did a really good job at being able to say like, why are you doing this to me? This isn't fair kind of thing. And it's like, Oh, I can talk to God like that. I can actually tell him honestly what's going on. I don't have to be, fake with him yeah. you know because he, yeah. I mean, he already knows it's not like i have yeah. to hide it from him anyway yeah but i get to actually talk to him like that and i think that that speaks to the the reality of who we are as humans that we're not just like we're individual people with value and with worth and that god cares about that and that it's not about how many times you pray or in what way that you pray it's that you're in a relationship that you're with your best friends you know, you might be upset if the Snapchat streak like, <laughs> gets broken, right? But on an everyday basis, it's not like, did I talk to Princess four times today? Did I, did I, wait, was it, was it supposed to be five? Or in like, in what did way? I, did I send her a Snapchat of the food I was eating and tell her? You just do it because you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. right. What are some uh, practical ways that you go about having that conversation day in and day out? So maybe somebody's kind of like, yeah, like I get it, but how, how does that, how does that look on a day-to-day basis? So for me, something that I've started doing is I used to fall asleep to TV at night. It used to be something, you know, false. I like the light. I like the sound. Um, 
but kind of around the new year, I decided I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, and so in that quiet time, as I'm trying to fall asleep, I use that time to pray. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a, I don't necessarily take a list. It's just like, Hey God, like, you know, I just yeah. have a conversation. I'm trying to sleep. Help me out. You know, this is what I did today. I know mm -hmm. you saw it. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, str I'm real. And I laugh at myself sometimes because I'm <laughs> like, you know, this, like, <laughs> yeah. what? Um, yeah. but it's, it's just, that's kind of how I close my day and also a way to help me sleep. Yeah. And so that's just something that I, I personally do that yeah. helps a lot. I really like to start my day with a conversation with God. So mm -hmm. while I'll be brushing my teeth or getting ready, doing my makeup, I have a conversation in my head with God. Mm. I tell him what my worries are, what I'm thinking about throughout the day, any family problems that I might have. I like to talk to him because I feel heard. Mm -hmm. I also like driving home from school or any random time, I'll, I'll have a, a feeling like, okay, I'm going to talk to God now. Mm. So it kind of varies throughout the day, but my morning one is mm -hmm. one that I, it's like a ritual for me. Nice. Nice. Every morning. It's a great way to start yeah. the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I drive an hour to school every day and then back. So that's a, that is a really great time for me. I, I will like look at um, the Bible app as a verse of the day. Mm -hmm. And so I'll look at it and I, I'm pretty quick to memorize words. I don't know why. And so I'll memorize it and I'll kind of just repeat it a few times when I get to pray about it. Um, and that's kind of like my ritual and how I start my drive to and from school. And then I've also kind of thought about it like, you know, he's also my friend. And mm. so anytime anything happens in my life where I want to tell one of my friends about something, whether it's a good grade, whether it's something bad that happened, um, it's like instead of texting someone, I'm just telling him, mm. if that mm. makes sense. Instead of sending someone a Snapchat picture or instead of posting something, I just do it with him instead. And so it's even if it's just one sentence, like, yeah. thank you for this or, yeah. oh, why did this happen or yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um uh, that's 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 kind of like my biggest, I guess, transition mm. is whenever I started thinking of it that way versus yeah. like it has to be this long speech. It doesn't have to be a long speech. It could yeah. just be me telling him about something that happened. Something I was talking to our congregation about last week um, in our in our teaching series is uh, trigger points or pressure points. That there's just things baked into your day that automatically triggers a prayer. <laughs> um, and at first, you kind of have to think about it. And I shared a, an illustration when I was in middle school of how, and I've, I've shared it on the podcast as well, of when uh, in the middle school that I was going to was close to a firehouse. So there's fire engines and ambulances. And it seemed like every day at recess, there'd be an ambulance or fire truck going by with lights on going somewhere. And one day I prayed for the first responders that were heading to whatever incident. And ever after that, emergency sirens and fire trucks and, and ambulances have been a trigger for me to just, God, would you, would you intervene in, in that person's situation? Um, and it sounds like the same. I love the, you know, utilizing, uh, say on the, the drive to school, having an hour to just contemplate scripture and to be present with Jesus of the finishing the day um, with, I think in the Christian tradition, it's called the prayer of examine where you go through and you just review your day with God um, and then beginning the day with God. And, and I, I love the, I, I've tried to bake it into my life too. Some days, and I've talked to you guys in class when we looked over Sabbath rhythms, right? Of beginning the day with Jesus and choosing scripture and prayer before phone. Still something I'm wrestling with. <laughs> it's a hard one. <laughs> so I, 
I I'm curious. There's a there's a question that's baking in the back of my mind. Um, in terms of we've we've been talking about the conversational relationship with God and the conversational prayer with God. What what implications are there for when there are serious requests or there's something that's beyond you of, you know, there's nursing exams coming up. So I'm sure that's top of mind when you're praying, um, you know, relationship challenges, you know, even blessings that come, whatever. When there's a request of God, what does that look like conversationally for you as you raise those requests? Do you raise those requests? What happens when they're answered? What happens when they're not answered? When they seem to not be answered? How do you, how do you navigate that? in conversation prayer. That's something I'm very much struggling with right now. Mm. Um, and I was actually just talking to one of my friends about it because me and him are kind of going through the same struggle with God of, you know, I, I know that I'm heard. I know that he hears me, but sometimes I don't actually hear the answer and that really frustrates me. And so one thing that we've decided that we're going to try to start doing is when we have one big request, like you were saying, all of their requests are off the table. Um, mm. If I am asking him, is this the right person for me? Or is, am I going to pass this exam or <laughs> anything like that? I don't pray for anything else. Every single time I talk to him, it's mm. this, this, mm. this, please, mm -hmm. this, please, this. Mm -hmm. um, and then even like giving up something that not that, not that's a sin, <laughs> if that makes sense, but like giving up something that I know isn't exactly pushing me closer to God, whether yeah. that's social media, whether that's... You're fasting. Yeah. It's like yeah. a mini fast throughout the day where it's like, instead yeah. of going to this, I'm going to be praying about this. Yeah. One thing. Yeah. You're haven't heard anything back yet, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've decided I'm going to start doing. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. But In a way, you're helping yourself focus on that particular issue. Right. And then by removing something, by fasting from something, you're creating that space for recognition of when the answer does come. So this makes me think of... Like whenever someone passes away, um, we believe that there the power, I mean, the prayer is stronger with more people that pray mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. So whenever there's a request that we need, we like to tell like our church members, family members, and we will all actually get together yeah. in a room, in a living room, whatever. Yeah. And we will all pray for that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. And so that's how we deal with certain requests that are really special. Mm -hmm. I love that. Get more people behind it. There's their mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. um, and whether the amount of prayers affects anything or not, we're bonded together. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's become important, not just for me, but for the people around me. Yeah. God hears that well. That's cool. That's cool. So I want to speak to that as well. Um, I have given God a quite a few requests in the past year and a half, two years. And, um, you know, not seeing those, those things come to fruition in the way that I want them. Um, I've kind of reframed my prayer for that situation. And mm. usually it's, it, it's reframed in a way like, Hey God, um, I know this hasn't happened. I know that there's a reason for it and, you know, help me to see that the reason why, um, I, you know, I know this is your plan. It's not mine, but help me to help me to understand why. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much a continuation of praying for it because it's, I mean, it's been a while and it still hasn't been answered. And so, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll still pray, Hey, you know, I, 
this is still on my mind, yeah. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hassle you about it. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I know you already know, you know yeah. how I feel about it, but, yeah. um, you know, I trust you. I trust mm. your plan for me. And I know that, that your plans way greater than mine could, could ever be. And this is something that I want, but it's, it doesn't mean that it's what's best. So mm. help me to, to want what you want for me. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like that picture. I'm sure we've all seen it when it's like our plan and it's a straight, yeah. perfect line, <laughs> and then it's yeah. God's plan yep. for you, and then it's a yep. roller coaster. Yeah, up yeah. and down and all over the place. Yeah. Have you ever been a, in a place or position where you haven't wanted to pray? Yes. What's that been like? The biggest reason I can think of whenever I don't want to, it's whenever I feel shame. Hmm with whether it's something that I'm doing or considering doing or thinking or I mean, even if it's not, you know, what we'd considered horrible to human ideas, I guess. Um, it's just whenever I feel shame about not spending time in his word or not praying to him enough, it's like, I almost feel like he's mad at me or doesn't want mm -hmm. to hear from me. And so sometimes that will keep me from praying to him. It's like, well, well I haven't read the Bible today. I'm not going to pray to him too. I mean, I don't know. It's, I know it's a stupid yeah. thought process, but that's like the biggest reason why whenever I do think, oh, I'm not mm -hmm. going to pray because of mm -hmm. this. That's, that's why. I mean, there's, there's been instances in my life where the church has made me feel certain ways and mm -hmm. I've turned my back for a little while, but, mm -hmm. um, I'm back, so <laughs> okay. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I kind of second with Princess. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been like, God, you made me mad. I'm not going to pray to you. Mm -hmm. mm, just because, yeah, like, no. Okay. Yeah, that's I've, fair. I've, he's made me mad, but, <laughs> but I still talk to him. It's like my best friend. Like, I'm mad at you, but I'm still going to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. That's kind of been my yeah. personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's different for you, for every one of us, and even our. Um, I don't. I don't know that we often think about our the way we react to situations and our personality, how that lends into our communication with God, right? So some of us are more like, "Yeah, I'm upset," but like, I'm gonna let you know I'm upset, and we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then somebody else might be like, "No, I'm I'm gonna give you the silent treatment for a little bit because that makes me feel a certain type of way." Um, and I think that's okay. And I think we we see examples in scripture of people navigating that differently. You know, David's the dude that's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know <laughs> yeah. that I am not okay with this whatsoever. Um, and then I, you know, I think of Adam and Eve when they're in the midst of their challenge, it's God that seeks them out. They're not the ones seeking God out. And so they're in their, you know, feeling their shame, like you were talking about, Sam, just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna hang out over here for a little bit. Um, I already messed up, so like, why try anymore? That's something I struggle with is when things are going great, when I'm happy, um, life's going great, I'm doing good in school. Um, I tend to kind of let my prayer life go. Mm. Um, and I mean, I think we all know this when, you know, when we're having a hard time and we need God, like we're, you know, faithful in our praying. Um, but you know, that's something I struggle with is, is when things are great, you know, it's like, Oh, like, it's great. Thank you. But you know, there's, there's no follow up, and yeah. that's something that I have to work on, but mm -hmm. yeah. What do you think contributes to that? What's the, what's behind the 
everything good, so I'm good. But when things go bad, because it it seems counterintuitive mm-hmm. that in our in our biggest need we'd be reaching out, but there's something that holds us back. What do you think? What do you think is uh, the reason behind that? I don't know if I have one. I don't know. My situation is a little different. Um, I feel like I'm very good on prayer, talking to God when things are fine. I'm really good at saying, hey, God, everything in life is going great. Thank you for being you. Thank you for putting things good in my life. Um, And I'm very good at praying to him even when things are good and when they go bad. And what I have noticed about myself is that I will thank him. Hey, thank you for keeping things good. And whenever things are bad, I'm very good at going back and talking about it. Like, hey, I noticed that this changed could have been you, could have been someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I'm very good at going back mm. and forth and doing that. And I think it's really made my relationship with him stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder just about the, here I'm connecting faith backgrounds, right? That prayer has been so much a, a thing that you do and you in a way embrace that. Like I heard kind of kind of sharing around that there was some experiences that was like, yeah, prayer is the thing that we did, but I really kind of shied away from 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 embracing that because it was performative or because it was just the thing we did before meals. Um, but Alex, from your background, you it sounded like you really embraced that kind of movements of prayer through your life in the way that it was kind of kind of organized. And I'm wonder if there's something to that that's caused you now as you've um for lack of a better term, transition towards the conversational relationship that the undergirding of the, here are the prayers that we pray of life. I wonder if there's something to that. I think it has to do with that a lot. Like coming from my background, like my grandma had 13 kids on one side and then on the other side, she had 11. And so the age variety is so different. I have an aunt that might be like seven years old and then an aunt that's 30. So growing up with that big of a family, there's been a lot of deaths in my family and growing up. Mm. I feel like I went to a funeral like maybe five times in a year, like five years old, six years old, seven. And so prayer was something that was so strong that I grew up with. And my my mom always taught me, like, you need to pray to God, even if you have nothing to ask for. And so to me, God's like my, he's um, God's daughter and he loves me. And so I think growing up with so much prayer that I always thank him no matter what, no mm-hmm. matter if I'm it's good or bad. I think that really, really mm-hmm. solidified mm-hmm. why I don't forget to thank him even when things are good. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And I don't, I don't know that we appreciate as much the bad things in our life and uh, having gone through so much death and loss, um, at a young age and through your development, I absolutely see that connection there. That's powerful. That's powerful. I like the way you smiled when you said I'm God's daughter. That was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, love that feeling of being able to say that. Yeah. yeah I awesome. like to think about it that way because it's like, yeah, like he's my best friend, but he, he's my papa, he's papa God, you know, he <laughs> protects me and he loves me. And I know I'm a child of God and yeah. that makes me feel really safe. Yeah. I can tell you're getting knocked. <laughs> <laughs> I think awesome. that's a lot to do with how 
God was presented to you by the people around you mm. because yeah. that's not how my dad presented God to me whenever I was a child. Um, God was the big scary man in the sky with the big stick kind mm. of idea. He was not, you know, he he would say our father who are in heaven, but that's not how he portrayed him to be. And so for a long time, there was a big separation he wasn't the person i would go to for everything because that's not what mm. my dad did um i guess that's where the performative kind of aspect comes to it wasn't it wasn't really for your own relationship with god it was you were praying to make the people around you impressed by your speech <laughs> kind mm. of thing so yeah. i'm glad you i'm really glad you had that as a kid i feel like it built a really good foundation yeah i think it did i think it also there's times where it can get a little scary because it's like you kind of feel guilty if you don't pray to God. And so kind of how you mentioned that God can be presented as a scary man. I've definitely had those moments as a child growing up because it's like, well, really like in the Catholic religion, I think it's like we pray for salvation. And if you don't pray, then you won't get saved. That's mm -hmm. kind of the idea behind it. Mm -hmm. But um, being in Swahu religion classes, it's different. Mm -hmm. And it's like your actions are not going to save you, but more your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I've tried to really work on that. Mm -hmm. I love connecting the dots between the picture we have of God and how we treat him in prayer. Right. And at the foundational level, I think for the person who's listening, who's like, man, that hasn't been my prayer experience probably one of the first questions is, well, what's your picture of God? Uh, and our, our parents and our spiritual leaders and mentors have a huge, huge role in, in portraying who God is and how he's portrayed, particularly when we're younger, will in a lot of ways chart the course for how we perceive him when we're older um, and how we have either a positive experience or a negative one or a negative one that turns into positive, positive turns into negative, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that, that the way we see God highly impacts how we pray. Absolutely. Uh, growing up Seventh-day Adventist, um, you know, it's, it's Seventh-day Adventist beliefs, um, to not do certain things on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, my grandma was, was very strong in some of those things and, you know, as every church does, they kind of make their own. Um, but like we couldn't swim on Sabbath. We couldn't, there's so many things we couldn't do. All the fun things. Yeah. <laughs> what? She swims now. But anyways. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast well, she, episode. She floats. She floats. Um, but that, that did create this image of God as being like this, this powerful being that's like, you know, looking for the thing that you're doing wrong. And, you know, why would I want to go talk to that person? Like, you know, if, if I just feel like what I'm doing is wrong and, oh, I'm not going to go talk to someone if I'm about to get in trouble, you know, like, right. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that foundation as a child was, was, it's rough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like whenever rough. you're a toddler and you, you know you do something wrong, you're not going to go to your parent and yeah. say, Hey dad, guess what I did? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or man, I had a good day today. Thank you. Like, right. no, you're, you're going to go hide under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny that you mentioned that, Sam, because Catholics, whenever we sin, we believe in um, repenting our sins and confession. Mm -hmm. 
and we take like every Sunday. I was actually talking to Princess about this the other day. I'm like, you need to come to one of my uh, mass services because it's so different mm-hmm. from what she tells me it's hers. Yeah. And anyways, every Sunday we take the Eucharist, but there's certain rules. Like you cannot take the Eucharist if you live in sin. Mm. You have to go confess your sins to a priest in order to take the Eucharist. So it's kind of like, oh, telling your dad, hey, I did something bad. (laughs) Well, we kind of do that to the priest. And he forgives our sins through the power of God. Mm. So, and I was, I was actually really interested that no other religion did that. I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Judaism kind of used to do that, right? Once a year? Was we, that I mean, we do of? it every what quarter? Yeah. Seventh day Adventism oh, okay. does it once a quarter. And we call it communion. Yeah. Which is the, the bread and the in the juice. And the- For some traditions it's wine. <laughs> <laughs> For Seventh day Adventism, the running joke is that it's grape juice, not not wine. Um and it, yeah, it varies tradition by tradition. And I think that the there's something beautiful about the the Catholic um, approach to it that there that there's there's symbolism and there's kind of a a a calling to repentance that's a part of it. It's almost seen as like a it's again that portrayal. It's it's seen as a good thing. It's seen as something that you should do um, because you can go to him with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on what church you grew up in, that can be a good or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking with. Um, Pastor Russ Russ this morning. And, uh, <laughs> he calls himself that, by the way. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> and uh, Chaplain Rufo and Pastor Anthony, our new young adult pastor, and we were talking about the gospel of judgment and how it's a good thing that that God takes a look at our lives and calls us to repentance. That there's something beautiful about that. Um, that and it's not only just calling us out and being like you, you know, bad person, bring punishment. Um, but he's also provided a way of escape. He's provided a way through Jesus um, and, a, and a path to salvation. Uh, and I think being reminded of that regularly uh, and recognizing that, yeah, I'm I'm a sinful person and I've got to I got to do some things. Being willing to take that to Jesus. And you know, I think about Micah turned six months old today. Oh, oh my goodness! I'll show you some pictures when we're yes, done. Yes, please. Um, that you know, as a dad now, what picture of God am I? Portraying for him. And he will never, he will, his best will be my worst. Right. And so how am he'll never be better than me. So how am I, at least while he's, you know, under a care. So how, how am I living in a way that even now communicates to him the, the character and the heart of God? Oh, I know. I, I was just talking. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was, I was talking to Pastor Russ Russ about it actually the other week because um, I was kind of telling him, I feel like I don't have my own relationship with him, you know, even though mm. I have been able to grow in my prayer. Um, so he encouraged me to completely ignore everything that I've been taught from my father, my worldly father, <laughs> about <laughs> about what who God is and how I should pray and instead turn to the Bible and learn from him for myself. So that's yeah. been really interesting um, especially those more conversational prayers that I've been having with him, I feel like has really grown that mm-hmm. um, past what my dad has taught me. Yeah, I love that. Love that. 
I love how you mentioned how you can incorporate the picture of God to Micah because I mm-hmm. remember in our peds class, mm-hmm. we had a section of how can you incorporate God to little kids. And it was like, depending on the age, you can sing songs, you can read them books with pictures, yeah. you can, you know, take them to fam- uh, to gatherings where you guys pray. And I mm-hmm. love that because that's such a unique way for children to get excited about God and be like, yeah, God mm-hmm. loves me. So I love that. Yeah. For little kids, you know, what, what is the way of life? Right. And, and how, portraying for them at a young age, what a healthy relationship with God looks like will make all the difference in their lives. Um, and, you know, even, even when that doesn't go as well as it could, and the earthly, earthly fatherly representation on this earth is not the same as the, our heavenly father, that God's grace still covers and that even when his children don't portray him as well as they could, he still somehow uses that bad portrayal um, as good or as bad as we may deem it. Not a, it's not a one for one to God. God still uses those circumstances in our lives to teach us about him and that there, there's grace that as we grow and as we walk with him, and as we continue with him in prayer, uh, that we we get to know his heart more in spite of or because of the people in our lives. Absolutely. That's basically our class. Our, uh, mm. what is it? Personal evangelization ministries. I just say PEM, but I don't. Anyways, that's like what it is, is our, our circle. And, yeah. um, you know, being Christ-like um, and others will see it. It's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to go up to someone and say, hey, you know, this is Jesus. It's more so how you're acting, how you're living, that people see, hey, what's up with that person? Like, yeah. I want to know the God that they know, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's all in in how you're acting and, and how you're living your life. It, I feel like that kind of goes back to that portrayal because it's like, if I don't have a good idea of what God is, why would I want to tell anyone else about him? Yeah. Why would I want to go to him? Why would yeah. I want anyone else to also know him if I don't even like who he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that ties into, I think, kind of the initial premise of this episode, kind of as we kind of walked into it at the beginning of how a conversational relationship with God changes and transforms us. And that in turn then changes and transforms other people. And I think this is a good place to kind of kind of put a bow on our conversation. <laughs> it feels like a good place to land um, because I'm, I'm getting excited sitting in this conversation with you, seeing how prayer has transformed your life, seeing the the God who you serve and that your relationship with, who is your father, uh, that inspires me to continue to be like, ah, oh, God, God's a God's a cool person, right? Of course, I'm a pastor. It's like I'm supposed to do those things, uh, but I'm a human too, and it's it's just edified me and my relationship with God. And I think the encouragement that I draw from from this conversation and kind of the, the the conclusion is that God cares and God transforms. And that transformation happens over a lifetime. It happens early in the morning, having your routine of prayer. It happens at night as you examine your day. And it happens throughout your day as there's these just kind of triggers of like, yeah, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pray about that. Um, and that God makes all the difference. So thank you for your insights. I'm 
I'm converted this afternoon <laughs> because of you. The, the tables have turned. The professor has become the student. <laughs> so thank you all very much. No, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah.